welcome to the 89th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Edner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So this week we're joined by Tore Gilbrand, Vice President of Global Product Management at Hitachi Energy. Tore, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So, Tori, to start, can you tell us a little bit about Hitachi Energy and, and maybe talk about, about what you're doing in the world of 5G? Yeah, I'll start with Hitachi Energy as a company. We are active in uh, all kinds of distribution, but primarily electricity. So what you see going in transmission lines across the country down to your substations and fanning out from there to your homes, ultimately, we are building equipment for that entire scene. And we deliver that as products, we deliver it as systems, we deliver it with services or as entire projects. But if you see a transformer on the street, go look at it. You may well see a Hitachi Energy logo on it. What we're doing with 5G. So 5G to me and to us is a communications utility. I refer to it as plumbing very often when I talk to my colleagues because it's not a goal in and of itself. It serves the purpose of supporting our products and our solutions and make them run smoother. So we have been adopters of a variety of wireless networking technology over the years, all the way back to 900 megahertz ISM band point-to-point radios, crossing wideband or broadband uh, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz mesh in the ILS, uh, in the unlicensed bands. And over the last 10 years, cellular has made a fantastic inroad in being a viable service, a viable option for our systems and our products to communicate with one another. That's in short what we're doing. And 5G, of course, comes as the cream of on the cake here for, for our communications needs. That's good. All right. So can you tell us some of the, the, the use cases that you're actually seeing happening? Because one of the things we run into, we're now two years into 5G and we have visions, but no reality. What can you tell us about, about the reality of, of use cases? You know, what, what you're seeing there at Itachi Energy? Yeah. So the use of 5G technology, I, I, I wouldn't say finally provides the latency and the bandwidth required to support a lot, if not all, of the applications that we have had in the distribution grid for years. Keep in mind that in a grid operation, you have, like in every other scenario, you have different applications with different needs. At the bottom of our communication lies the metering information, the data collected from uh, electricity, gas, and water meters that is very important that it reaches the operator or he will not be able to build correctly. But there are no particular timing requirements for that information. It can take minutes and nobody would raise an eyebrow, but it needs to arrive and it needs to arrive in good order. But then when you start saying, I'd like to use the same network to control my distribution grid, to control my transmission grid, then a new set of applications pile on top with 
latency requirements that can be counted in seconds and even all the way down to milliseconds for wide area wireless communication. And that puts an incredible strain on the network architecture. If it's supposed to have capacity to handle large volumes of metering information and control of meters, and at the same time provide timely service for the control traffic so that your capacitor bank is opening and closing like it should over the day. And if you have an event, lo and behold, you want to be really quick to respond to that. So can can you dive a little bit into the metering? Because most of consumers get a metering bill, electricity metering bill, once a month. How is this different? Well, it is actually not that different in terms of how the consumer will receive his bill. It may come once a month. It may come at any frequency, really. But what metering information, first of all, saves tremendous cost because you don't need to have a meter reader driving around and picking up the information. And it's been a gradual evolution over the years where the meter was first read with the eye, then it was read electronically, then somebody figured out a radio that would allow a truck to slowly roll by and pick up the information. And now the meters talk to each other and they deliver the data straight to the network. And cellular is, of course, one of the options for the last hop to get the data off a collection of meters and into the office. But the fact that you collect this information rather more frequently than when you had a, a, a truck with a guy in it, allows you to set time of day tariffs. It allows you to do a much more direct control of the meter. If you have a high demand for electric energy, you can have special agreements with consumers that allow you to turn off their particular appliances, be it air conditioning or a car charger, during moments of peak demand. These are things that only a network that's responsive can support. And 5G has a great, it's a great Canada technology and a great technology so far as it is rolling out here. Also, the fact that you don't have to build a dedicated network for it is is very, very important here. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have solar panels on my roof. I have a smart uh, thermostat that makes it warm when everybody else is using <laughs> air conditioning too, right? So it's a bless, mixed blessing of how we protect the grid. But so these are the things that you can do with this. Yes. And I, 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 w- I want to be careful to point out that 5G for any one application would just be another network. And it probably wouldn't shine like it does when you put together the sum of these applications. And, you know, if we go a little deeper into the grid and talk about the grid control applications, like adjusting the voltage in your neighborhood so that it is within tolerance, that is something you want to have happen within seconds, ideally to avoid unnecessarily burdening your appliances. But if you have an event, which would be, for example, a tree rubbing against an electricity distribution line with sparking as a result, then you really would like to know that. And sensors for that have been around for a while, but they are many and placed in many gnarly locations. And this is where it's fantastic to be able to add those sensors and their application to the distribution grid wireless network without having to redesign it. 
because you can allocate a very small minute of bandwidth, but with very stringent latency criteria to a 5G network without re-engineering. It was kind of intended for that from day one. Yeah, for example, with my, my solar panels, when the voltage in the electricity grid drops too low, they no longer operate, which is like fascinating and shocking that I wasn't aware of until it happened, right? Right. But when you give it some thought, it is actually a safety consideration that in no circumstance should you accidentally power a portion of the grid that may have been de-energized for a very good reason. So those controls are in place. And I'm sure we'll refine them and make it better such that you and I can enjoy our power in our property, even if the rest of the grid is de-energized around us. But safety first in all those calculations. And there's a lot of equipment more than communication involved in that, in isolating sections or properties from the grid. But that's the reason you see your, your solar panel not delivering power when the grid is de-energized. Can we talk a little bit more about, you know, I've talked about my solar panels, but that's not the only re renewable energy project that's out there, especially with wireless communications. What, what are you seeing both here in the U.S. and around the globe? Because Hitachi, you know, your, your parent company is Japanese and they're one of the largest companies in that sector globally. Indeed, they are. And uh, it goes to both products, but more importantly, systems and the integration of various components into working systems for our customers. That's uh, where, where our hand goes. And in particular for renewable energy, we talked about the solar panels but uh, on your rooftop, but operators, distribution operators, power generation operators, they are moving to renewable as well. And even if they have much larger installations, they are smaller than the traditional model. Just some throwing some numbers around. A typical gas turbine power plant would probably output 700 megawatts, let's say between 500 and 1,000 megawatts, something like that. But a single wind power turbine would output 1.5 to 2 megawatts. So, but you never install a single turbine uh, as an operator. You probably put up 50 or 100 of them. Let's say 100 for a large field. Uh, so you output 150 to 200 megawatts. You would need four of those fields to get in the neighborhood of one gas turbine plant. And the fields need to talk to each other to balance their output. And the 100 turbines within a single field certainly need to talk to each other uh, to balance their operation. They need to have that communication running at all times because it's critical to keep the grid balanced and operating. And 5G, again, offers an available technology that doesn't require large infrastructure investment, and it can be complemented by wired communication, fibers between the turbines in the farm, but it's always there. And we shall never forget that people go to these places too, where the primary management may be done remotely, securely, and over a cellular network. Once people get on site, they will spend hours. And if you're out on the sea with your, your turbines, you may even spend days inside one of those towers. 
you need to have access to information resources for your work and you need to have access to YouTube in the evening to not go completely crazy. And <laughs> 5G, yeah, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being real here, right? Yeah. And, and 5G really offers one single wireless technology to meet all of those needs. And, and that is a clear benefit. So as a Californian, wildfire mitigation is a, is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Earlier, you mentioned that 5G can play a role in, in, in that process. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how 5G can, can help mitigate the risk of uh, wildfires? I'll do my very best. And I, first and foremost, I share your concern. Also a Californian, not by birth, but by import. And it certainly would be fantastic to have something that would greatly reduce the risk of the electric grid being the cause of fires. And what 5G does in that particular application, which is one of many in the transmission and distribution grid, is that 5G would allow us to hang up large numbers of small sensors that can make data available much quicker to decision-making platforms that may be pretty far away from the sensors themselves. Historically, this has been costly to do and complicated to do. It has required fibers to be hung under transmission or, or high voltage lines or microwave links to complement them mounted on the pylons. But now we get an option for a communication technology that offers a latency which is acceptable to these applications. And it would save the investment in a dedicated communication infrastructure. So a good example when it comes to wildfire mitigation, utilities are working on fallen conductor applications. So the transmission and distribution operators, they really want to catch a conductor the minute it snaps and is falling towards the ground. And the total time they have to detect that situation and act on it is I'd say one and a half seconds. So your power is working fine. The conductor snaps and it starts falling towards the ground. We need to identify where did it snap, which is the nearest upstream switch gear that I should now activate to open so that I de-energize that conductor before it hits the ground and starts sparking. One and a half seconds. And keep in mind, a good chunk of those one and a half seconds are needed to mechanically operate the switch gear. So we're talking milliseconds, and every single one of them counts. And 5G comes on the scene with predictable low latency numbers. Of course, it is a fantastic option. 5G, when it is largely available in suburban environments where the lines run above ground, you can extend this fallen conductor application to the voltage levels in the distribution grid where typically they haven't been so far. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, it really has promised to help out here using 5G as the communication medium that it's quick enough. It's not any amount of data to speak of here. Bytes, not kilobytes or megabytes, right? But it needs to go quick. Excellent, Tori. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. That was a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate it, you guys. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Tori. Appreciate it.